This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. I want to talk about New Orleans here because uh, obviously Derek Carr left that game. Concussion, shoulder injuries. Don't know the extent, uh, how much time he is going to miss. He might not miss any games, to be honest with you here. Um, Obviously, a tough customer is Derek Carr, although I will say I don't think there is a single Chris Olave manager, fantasy manager out there that is not begging Derek Carr to take his time uh, back. And, and And I might even expand this to saying there's a large chunk of the Saints fan base, too, that would like to see Derek Carr take, I mean, plenty of time. Uh, make sure he's a hundred percent healthy <laughs> before returning to work here. Uh, but we saw Jameis Winston come in in relief, um, and it was the full Jameis experience. It was it not? I mean, just ripping big boy throws <laughs> down the field, just crushing soul crushing interceptions as well. It was the full experience with Jameis Winston, I, and I love the fact that doesn't matter how much time goes by. It's the same Jameis. It, yeah. We're going to get that every every game. It don't matter how many years has passed since Jameis Winston has last played football. That's the experience you are going to get, and it was great to see. But Chris Olave, hey, listen, from a statistical standpoint, obviously um, benefited here with uh, Jameis Winston. One target, one catch, 15 yards with Derek Carr uh, in about, what, was it about 40 minutes of game action? Yeah, zero and, in the uh, first half. Yeah, zero in the first half. Nine targets, seven grabs, 79 yards, and a touchdown with Jameis Winston in just under 20 minutes of game action. Just unbelievable in terms of night and day performances here um, for between Carr and Jameis Winston and Chris Olave. But again, I just I know we've talked about this a little bit here, but Matt, it's just not a great pairing when you take a look at some of his RP profile data. Uh, with what Chris Olave does well, and then when you look at his, when you look at the receptor perception data on Derek Carr and what he does well, it's just, it's a little bit like oil and water, man. Yeah, on one hand, I really hate talking about the Saints' offense. They've been like one of my least favorite offenses to watch on film and to like break down. There's just like not a lot of good football going on here, um, <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. Right, I, I think, but here we are talking about them again. Alas, what can you do? Uh, I get it, especially the Jameis Winston part of it. That I mean, that mm-hmm. was just peak Jameis Winston. It was uh, the it was touchdown awesome. to At Perry, who we'll talk about in a second. I mean, that was just like no <laughs> other quarterback even attempts that throw. Forget completes that throw. No quarterback attempts that oh throw. God. Literally from like one end of the field to the other. I mean, unbelievable. I think, Ma- I think Mahomes would try it. I think Mahomes would try it. He he would test the gun out. I think he'd break. I it don't, out. dude. I don't even know. He would just do some like weird scramble thing. I don't, I don't know if he tries that throw, but, okay. but Jameis tries that Derek Carr isn't trying that throw. Oh Derek, God. No, no, you could, you not. could be playing against a defense with like eight players and Derek Carr is still not trying that throw. Yeah, uh, let yeah. me tell you that. And, and I think that's part of the reason, look, I'm not going to sit here and like psychoanalyze um, everybody, but I do think like James, the most frustrating thing in the saints offense this year has been, 
Derek Carr, the checkdowns to Alvin Kamara. They've gotten a little bit better the last few weeks, um, mm-hmm. but like the Jaguars game on Thursday night was particularly offensive. Um, and there is the Tampa Bay game before that particularly yeah. offensive where uh, the Houston game particularly offensive in this regard where the routes aren't even fully developed yet. Like these guys aren't even fully breaking on their routes. Like you think about a post route or something like that. These guys right. haven't hit that break point, like a big over route, which is basically all the saints who we talked about ask Chris Olave to run these like b- big deep routes. These aren't even broken yet. They're not developed. Like these guys don't even have a chance yet. And Derek Carr's already checking down. Uh, like, <laughs> we're talking about Chris Olave quitting on routes. I mean, that's quitting on a play. That is it that is. is quitting on a play no, it say, is. at it the is. quarterback position. Same thing. Right. It's like, all right. Well, I'm saving my completion percentage and I'm saving myself getting hit or whatever. So I'm just going to check down to Alvin Kamara. I've I've said previously that having Kamara in the cigarette analogy with with Derek Carr. Um, it, you know, did I make that on this show or was that a different show? No, I don't I, think so. I basically said, I think I tweeted this too, that having Alvin Kamara, a running back known for his pass catching as the lead running back in a Derek Carr offense is basically like a, a quarterback addicted to checking down. That's basically like if you're a, <laughs> like just putting a pack of cigarettes right. on a smoker's nightstand every day, like he's yep. screwed the moment he wakes up. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't matter if he wants to quit. You're, you're basically giving it to him. That That's having Kamara as the running back for a Derek Carr offense. Yeah. Um, so that had gotten particularly bad to the point that, like, I think the receivers, Olave, some of these other guys were getting super frustrated. Um, you know, you've seen players like Michael Thomas and Rashid Shahid like, going crazy out there at times, like, throwing their hands up. Right. Um, Olave with the quitting on the routes or not running routes full speed, the whole thing. Um, and then I kind of think Jameis Winston gets in the game and Chris Olave is like, all right, let's go. No more line. Like – I'm not saying that, all right, now he's given full effort, but I think he thinks to himself, okay, well, I know I'm getting chances, <laughs> right? Like I'm getting chances on the routes that they're having me run. So let's get after it. And I think that was kind of reflected in the box score. You're you're not saying that he's giving full effort, but you're not not saying he's giving full effort, if you know what I'm saying here, you know? Sometimes you just know the inevitability, <laughs> like you know what to expect. You know the inevitability, right. like you're... You, you're gonna ask, uh, you're gonna ask that girl out, right? You know she's gonna say no. But you gotta at least try to get her to go sure. to prom or something. You're gonna, you gotta shoot your shot, man, right? Shoot like, the you shot, know baby. <laughs> I'm not. It's just like, yeah. Sometimes you know the oh outcome of something, even if you're not gonna, you know. But you gotta give a little effort to it. I don't know. Um, all right. So when I referred to some of these, um, you know, reception perception numbers and uh, the charting we've done for both Chris Olave and Derek Carr. Okay. So Olave, when you take a look at his uh, player profile, a lot of green everywhere, um, <clears throat> above league average on pretty much every single route, and he was league average on the post route. But uh, 93.8% success rate on the corner. That's just outrageous. You know, uh, really strong marks in the intermediate area of the field, too. 82.9% success rate on the dig. You love to see that kind of stuff. 90% slant, uh, slant route success rate. Again, they don't, uh, Matt's made this point many, many times. They don't throw them slants, you know, but they, they absolutely need to throw them more digs, too. Um, but yeah, and then when you take a look again, I, I'm, I'm, I want to highlight the fact that Chris Olave is incredible on the corner route, above league average on the nine route. But then when you take a look at what Derek Carr is doing, he's actually below league average, at least in 2022, below league average in the corner route and below league average on the nine route. So two, two of the routes that Chris Olave runs a lot and it does it either runs a lot or does well on Derek Carr 
is not very strong on those routes. Yeah. So it's that's why that marriage is a little bit choppy um, as we sit here today. So yeah, uh, interesting stuff certainly with Jameis Winston uh, coming in there and, and giving Olave a lot of opportunities, man. Nine targets, seven grabs, 79 yards, and again, a touchdown too. Um, oh, his touchdown was an incredible, incredible. catch too. That it was, was awesome. Just a beautiful display of like body uh, control, like the stuff that I think I, I've said this on the show that Olave does need to wear some of the blame for the season that he's had this year. And I, right. I don't think he's playing poorly, but he's playing like a top 20 receiver when he could be a top 10 receiver. Mm-hmm. That cut down catch right there is an example of why I think he has like superstar ability totally um, in his in his range of outcomes. I mean, it's just unfortunate that like we're talking about Jameis Winston here and there's like a zero percent chance he starts for the Saints when Derek Carr is healthy. Dennis Allen basically said as much like and and for as much as like fantasy players and anybody that's invested in Olave, like I want to see Olave succeed. We like Jameis Winston. Yeah. No team wants to do this live by the sword, die by the sword uh, stuff, especially not this version of the Saints. No. I mean, Jameis Winston, 15.4 air yards per attempt yesterday per next-gen stats, but only 7.6 air yards per completion. What does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> what wh- what does that gap tell you? Oh, the two interceptions, like, <clears throat> it's, one of them especially was just so utterly needless. It's like, you don't need exactly. this, Jameis. Exactly. Like, but exactly. he is, it, like I said, live by the sword, die by the sword is the Jameis Winston monologue. Unfortunately, most teams just don't want to do that. Okay, so two touchdowns, two interceptions for Jameis Winston here. One of those two touchdowns came uh, via A.T. Perry, a rookie out of Wake Forest. Now, that, to be fair, that one also could have been an interception as well, but it's okay. A.T. Yes. Perry did come down with it, though. Uh, you've got a, a really good breakdown on his collegiate profile on the website. Go check it out, receptionperception.com. Uh, but I'll give some of the particulars here. Okay, so uh, A.T. Perry in um, last week's ball game. Uh, four targets, two grabs, 38 yards, and a touchdown. From a combine perspective, he's 6'3", 200 pounds. He ran a sub 4'5", so you know I like that. The 6'3 guy running a sub 4'5", I'm down with. He ran a 4'4'7", so that'll work for me. 35-inch uh, vertical, that's average, uh, but again, was a late-round pick. He was a sixth-round selection by the New Orleans Saints, again, out of Wake Forest. Um, had some drop issues there, according to PFF. I don't know if you saw the same thing, Matt, but 17 drops the last two years of college, according to PFF. But give us your breakdown on A.T. Perry. Uh, he may have a significant role moving forward here because, again, it's not a season-ending injury reportedly here for Michael Thomas, but they're calling it a, quote, significant injury. We might see A.T. Perry uh kind of sort of play a much bigger role in this offense hey everyone this is brett boone would you know it i've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year tune in as i sit down with my friends some of the biggest names in sports media entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations as you know baseball's been my life it's been in the family for a long time but it's a lot more than that here it's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yo, it's week 11, okay? So there are very few things that are like, oh man, this makes me feel alive. But um, round six, A.T. Perry uh, getting in here for the Saints kind of makes me feel alive. <laughs> I've, already said, I've already said this offense is not one go. of my favorites to watch. Yeah. There's a, we, I just spent a ton of time complaining about it in the Chris Olave thing. Um, but getting A.T. Perry out there is at least interesting to me. So um, for what happened on Sunday, 
Michael Thomas only runs two routes. He gets hurt. And, you know, the thought is, all right, Rashid Shahid, it's time to go. But right. you know, I, I really like Rashid Shahid. I've said a lot of positive things about Rashid Shahid. Um, he's got some pretty good reception perception indicators from the in-season tracker last year. And he'll, he'll have some in-season data up at some point here soon, I promise you. But A.T. Perry profiles as more of that X that Michael Thomas was playing, obviously, and, and that's pretty critical. So he ends up running 38 routes uh, right behind Chris Olave, 39 routes, leads the team. So he became that two-receiver set player, not Rashid Shahid. And again, I think this makes sense because, James, we can say it, the Devontae Parker axis of X receivers. Uh, he is somewhere on that axis of players, and I think yeah. – he has potential to be that type of X. Um, obviously, you'd like him to be, be better than Devontae Parker. We've talked about that. But like Parker at his peak was like league average X receiver. He's not that player anymore, obviously. But um, that's why we always talk about the Devontae Parker access on, mm-hmm. on this show. And that is certainly where Perry fits in. Um, I, I liked his ability to beat man coverage. Uh, 68.7% success rate versus man coverage in his prospect profile um i thought he like really brings some fluid ability uh as a route runner like he's got more uh, honestly he was a little bit like nico collins ish to me um when when you watched him in college because the ability for him to work the middle of the field i thought was pretty impressive and that was what drew me to nico collins and his rookie year reception perception profile was like all right this is a big x that we know can win contested but like his ability to work the middle of the field is impressive. Uh, 83.3% success rate on slants uh, for Nico Collins in college, 78.6% success rate on post routes. Uh, that was his collegiate data. And really the best indicator for an X receiver like him is can you beat press coverage? And mm-hmm. he saw press on 27% of his routes, which is pretty high for a collegiate guy, 70.7% success rate versus press. He played in a weird offense in Wake Forest. Um but man, I was surprised that he fell all the way to the sixth round. Um, I can't confirm any of this stuff, but like I heard some people were kind of turned off from like an interview perspective with him hmm. or like a work work ethic perspective. I can't again can't confirm any of that. But that was just like what I heard. Um, so yeah, this is just like a prototypical throwback X receiver that I thought would go on, and I had graded as a day two guy. He goes all the wow. way to the sixth round, uh, which is is kind of surprising to me. Yeah, so Nico Collins was a third round draft pick, right, uh, out of Michigan. Um, I think the difference when you when you start talking about At Perry versus Nico Collins, at least to me, anyways, my eyes, what they tell me is that Nico's a little bit, not a little bit, actually, a lot more physical of a yeah. player. Um, I really liked Nico, um, and, and this is still true to this day. He's just a combative player with that ball in the air. That's what I really like about him, right? Um, I don't see that really with A.T. Perry. I think when you say smooth, I think that's what I see with Perry. He's smooth. He's a much smoother uh, player um, than Nico Collins, but I don't see a lot of that I, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of dog when that ball goes up in the air, man. Like that's probably the one thing I, I don't necessarily see. I, and I'm saying that by the way, knowing that he had a contested catch touchdown there uh, right. in week number 10. <laughs> but that, but that's important, right? Because um, like putting him up against Cedric Tillman, who we talked about last week, Tillman and Perry were both like the two prototypical X receivers in this past mm-hmm. draft. And man, you saw plenty of like, lights out consistency from Cedric Tillman as a contested catch receiver and a ball winner on the outside. 
Perry, I, I would say you saw those moments, but against like tougher competition, it wasn't as much. And and it was just it was hit or miss. I mean, his overall contested catch rate in reception perception is good, but you mentioned the drops, you mentioned just like some tight coverage concerns. That definitely showed up, and I think maybe that was a part of the reason why some folks would break ties in favor of Tillman as opposed to to AT Perry. But Again, maybe there's off-field stuff that that drove him down too. But yeah, I, yeah. There, there's a lot of good indicators for for Perry here, um, and if he can become more of that dog, as you mentioned, I mean, and Michael Thomas, like, dude, that's a great guy to learn from if you're going to be a dog. Because, oh like, yeah, oh yeah. Thomas is definitely not the player he used to be, but he is still like feisty and combative in contested situations. Love it. If Perry's been taking any notes from Michael Thomas. That's encouraging to see. Now he's going to play his position basically. And by the way, I mean bad timing to call Michael Thomas combative when he just got arrested for Oh, uh, good call. <laughs> good call. <laughs> I didn't even think about that oh, when boy. I said it, but yeah, oh, bad, bad, bad yeah. timing okay. there. But AT right. Perry. Okay. Yeah. Like I, one thing that impressed me too with, with Perry, and this is actually, again, to make that Nico Collins comparison. And I yeah. don't think Perry is going to be as good as Nico Collins is, but right. I do think again, same access of players. Mm-hmm. I would note that um, we didn't see Perry used in yak situations much in his reception perception profile. He was only in space on 71 or 7.2% of his sampled routes, but he went down on first contact on just 27% of those plays. Mm. I think that's okay. where sort of his, like, I think that dog is in there, right? Okay. Like, I think okay. it's inside of Perry. It just needs to be awakened a little more. And man, nobody's going to awaken it more like Jameis Winston on that on that touchdown Good call. throw there. So do, that, totally. was imp- <laughs> that was nice to see out of, out of A.T. Perry. And I, I'd like right. to see more of him down the stretch. Uh, Lance Zerline, uh, the great Lance Zerline, uh, one of the, the best evaluators out there. Uh, he said um, that he's not as good uh, trying to shake free on these deeper routes on off coverage. Um, and, yes. and again, kind of si- sort of si- cited the lack of top end speed, um, which is, of course, what we see here. So I, I don't know. Is it a, 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 maybe the combination of the lack of top end speed and, you know, not necessarily the cleanest technique to shake off deep ball coverage? Is that is that about right? Yeah, I'd put it because I think physically he does have that in him. I think for his size, right, like size adjusted speed is pretty impressive. But, you know, I wrote in his profile that he only managed 46.9% success rate on nines. And I think it is a struggle with like nuance when he needs to break down a corner and um, off man coverage, literally exactly what I wrote in the profile. Um, You know, maybe again, it's just an improving with time on task, I think could be the the issue or the the, the solution here because – Right now, Perry, as a prospect, was better with corners in his hip pocket working deep uh, as opposed to like trying That's to manipulate strange. a corner and off-man coverage. It is strange, but it's not It's not totally uh, out of the norm for these extra, some of these ex-receiver prospects. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, dude, I, I George Pickens, who like there's – if you squint at it, if you had a few, if you if you had <laughs> okay, a few bud, okay. if you had a few bud lights and you squinted at George Pickens's reception perception profile as a prospect and uh-huh. At Perry's prospect profile, you would probably think like that's funny. maybe At Perry is a bud light George Pickens, but like Pickens is that way where he I think is more comfortable and the dog in him and we mm-hmm. know there's a, we know there's a dog yeah. in George Pickens oh yeah and that dog definitely comes out when he has a corner tightness hip pocket and all that stuff when it comes to like some of the nuance and like manipulating off coverage that's not really there yet for Pickens um 
And I, again, maybe I don't know what's going to happen with A.T. Perry, but that's sort of a, a guy that is operating at that level in the league and operated at that level uh, as a collegiate player. So maybe it's sort of like a ceiling comparison there. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 